What are the key fantasy football questions surrounding the 2023 Philadelphia Eagles as they head into training camp? It's time to break it down right here and right now as we begin another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Locked On Fantasy Football viewers and listeners. It's time for another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Here we continue our series, breaking down the three key questions for all 32 teams in the NFL. We're starting with the NFC East. We've gone in alphabetical order to start with the Dallas Cowboys and New York Giants. We're up to the Philadelphia Eagles on today's show so we'll break down the eagles three key questions there are not a lot of question marks here with one of the best teams in the nfl the nfc champions reigning here and a very explosive offense that remains even without shane steichen who moves on to indianapolis as their head coach so we'll break that down in full for you the key questions here that we want to explore for fantasy football We'll do that over three segments. If you missed the Cowboys or Giants, check it out on our archives. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen today. Every day, we'll have the Washington Commanders there for you tomorrow with a breakdown to close the week here on Locked On Fantasy Football. Subscribe and follow for free wherever you get your podcasts if you're new to the show. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day as well. Now it's time to dive in right now into... The Eagles' key question, we'll start with Jalen Hurts. Is Jalen Hurts for real? Is this going to happen again? Can we trust him to have another big season? Now, Jalen Hurts, we know the big news was he got the contract extension, making him the highest-paid quarterback in the game for now until Joe Burrow gets his deal. So Hurts has the money. He's locked up long-term. The Eagles made a commitment to him after his MVP runner-up season with big numbers. We know what he put up last year finishing behind Patrick Mahomes, not only in that MVP race, but in the Super Bowl, losing to the Chiefs. But he had a big year, we know, overall. 3,701 passing yards, 22 passing touchdowns, six interceptions only. But how about this? The 760 rushing yards and 13 more scores on the ground. So massive year for Jalen Hurts. He got a lot of those short TDs. He got some downfield passing TDs, turned the corner as a passer with better accuracy and better receivers overall with Devonta Smith emerging. Of course, A.J. Brown getting in the mix as well. So pretty simple offense. They'll continue here with Brian Johnson taking over as the offense coordinator. He was the quarterback's coach for Hurts, so he replaces Shane Steichen. Here moves on to the Colts and trying to duplicate that success with Anthony Richardson. And what was great about Jalen Hurts last season, it was uh, fantastic to see the consistency. He only had really three off games. One was week 18, so it didn't mean too much there. When he was coming back from the injury and Gardner Minshew was there, weeks four and nine were also off, not scoring more than 20 fantasy football points. But even with a missed time, he was still the QB three overall behind Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. He also was the QB one when it comes to average scoring per game in fantasy. So 
Hertz probably would have finished as the QB one overall had he not missed that time late in the season and Minshew had to take over. But look, Patrick Mahomes is being ranked ahead of him in a lot of ex- expert consensus views here, as well as uh, Josh Allen. Now, why I think we feel about those guys is maybe less chances of getting hurt, and that's uh, a factor when you think about that. Mahomes is pretty durable. He plays through injury. Josh Allen is a freight train. doesn't really matter. No one can really bring him down. So I think that's the only reason you have Jalen Hurts as QB3. But in terms of the upside and putting up big numbers, we don't see any downside to Jalen Hurts. I mean, the durability is going to be there a concern when you have a running quarterback. But he's strong. He's tough. A lot like Russell Wilson built – thick there can run better than most quarterbacks he's not cam newton where he's a big target and can break down with the knees or back he's a compact guy that's going to push through and you'd expect him to also evolve a little bit more as a passer right so if the running goes down a little bit maybe some boost in the passing and the scoring there from that aspect so look if uh, he's not running the ball in there's a good chance he's throwing it all in so a little bit of a change there if you're looking at four points per passing touchdown but if you're in that six for six ratio it doesn't really matter here for you when you look at uh, his production so John Hurts again I don't think he's a guy that's going to become complacent with the new contract I think he's going to still remain motivated because he didn't win the MVP last year he didn't win the Super Bowl last year so still things to uh, chase here for the Eagles as their new bonafide leader I don't think you're going to get Carson Wentz out of him where he fizzles pretty quickly here, and they'll have to do this again and replace him with another guy that they give a big contract to. Jalen Hurts is here to stay and put up some big numbers. And really, they didn't do too much here to upgrade the receiving core, but they didn't really need to. The numbers were there. They didn't have to invest. They needed to worry a little bit about defensive losses there. Had to mitigate that with their salary cap issues. They lost a couple linebackers that were key. They lost uh, – a key person up front at Javon Hargrave. So a lot of the investment was there. They also had to worry about their offensive line with Isaac Samala losing. So they didn't have a lot of flexibility beyond the Jalen Hurts big contract. So they didn't invest a lot in the receiving core, but the receiving core is fine with A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. They've got some depth guys on the cheap here, and we'll explore those guys in our final segment here, breaking down the Eagles. But – Really, everything is status quo except for having Steichen for the most part. You have that offensive line attacks. Tamalo's gone, but they feel good about Cam Jurgens replacing him there. Jason Kelsey's back. You've got Lane Johnson, Jordan Malata. So everyone else, the key components of that offensive line's back. The key receivers are here in place for what helped him produce last year. I think the running game, there's more question marks of anything that would lead to Jalen Hurts maybe getting more goal line looks here. So a lot of things really working on Jalen Hurts' favor this offseason where Eagles uh, made sure they didn't lose any of their key components uh, with the offense and really uh, puts them in great position here. So love it there with uh, his potential to really blow up in uh, this offense. So I really love uh, Jalen Hurts. I think he has a potential to put up even more points than last year. We we're going to pump the brakes a little bit because he was an elite quarterback, but Look, the durability is the only thing that you're going to keep him away from being QB1. He is in a special tier with Mahomes and Allen. Everyone else drops down after that, including Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. They're at a different tier at quarterback. So no concerns with Jalen Hurts. It's not too good to be true. That's the key question here. So answering the question, uh, yeah, Jalen Hurts can do it again here in 2023. All right. Bigger questions, however, surround the Eagles' new look backfield without Miles Sanders. We'll break – that down for you in our next segment here on Locked on Fantasy Football. 
you got to make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. Well, the NBA playoffs are here. That's right. The finals are here, finally set up between the Denver Nuggets and Nikola Jokic and Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. We have game one on Thursday. We'll have a game two coming up from Denver as well on Sunday. So a lot of action here as we close. And it's going to be an interesting series. The Heat have overachieved and defied odds there with the action all year. And the Nuggets have taken out some tough challenges, including the Lakers and the Vanquish them. So you can get in on the action only at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers can get no sweat first, but up to $2,500. That's right, $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's great promotions every day you can check out. They're ramped up here for the NBA Finals. You can also trust uh, whether you're working online or with the app that you can expect safe and secure results here from FanDuel. And you can get paid instantly once you're a winner they will deposit that money right into your account. So there's no better place to bet on all the playoff action, whether it's the NBA Finals or now the NHL with the Stanley Cup as well. We have uh, Florida in that one as well, uh, taking on the Golden Knights. So a lot of uh, good stuff there as we close those two seasons. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat-first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA and official proud sponsor here of Locked On Fantasy Football. All right, it is time to continue the show and uh, break down the running back question that we want to answer for the Eagles, and we may not get an answer until training camp. Subscribe and follow for free Locked On Fantasy Football wherever you get your podcasts. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, every day. Thanks so much for checking out our show every time we put one up. Again, Washington Commanders on deck. If you're new to the show, Welcome in and hope uh, you'll be with us here all throughout the offseason and season as we break down fantasy football to help you dominate your leagues and DFS contests. All right. The second question is, can you trust either DeAndre Swift or Todd Penny? And how is this the backfield going to break down between these two replacements for Miles Sanders? So let's look at where these uh, running backs were last year in their previous homes. DeAndre Swift moved on from the Lions here as they traded him during the draft. That was a bit of a surprise, but they did move on with Jameer Gibbs. They also did not re-sign Jamal Williams. So if Jameer Gibbs in the mix is a potential lead back, as well as David Montgomery, the former Bear. So that's your new backfield in Detroit. There's no room for Swift in there. He finished his RB24 overall, 5.5 yards per carry. He also caught 48 of 70 targets for eight touchdowns, 931 yards from scrimmage there. So really a good season there as an RB2, even though he missed time and the durability was up and down a little bit with the shoulder and other ailments. Now, Rashad Penny, a big injury season, but before he got hurt and gave way to the rookie Kenneth Walker, the third, 6.1 yards per carry, ends up as RB66. But when you look at the average scoring, 34th. So when he was out there, he was a borderline a guy that we were looking at close to the RB twos. He had uh, two TDs there, 346 yards rushing. So made use of that with 6.1 yards per carry. But notably, he only had 16 receptions there for the Seahawks. So they didn't work him into the passing game all that much when he was on the field early. Kenneth Walker had a little bit of that juice, but again, Rashad Penny is pretty much a power back. So when you look at the guy that more compares to Miles Sanders in the style of running, you say Rashad Penny. And keep in mind, those are gaudy 
average yards per carry here, 5.5 for Swift, 6.1 for Penny and different uh, offenses. Well, Miles Sanders was explosive, we know, because of that offensive line playing off Jalen Hurts and that running. He finished as RB16 last year. When you look at the average here overall, that was pretty good with those guys. Again, Penny bumping up in terms of points per game up to 28. So that gets him really close. And DeAndre Swift a little bump up to RB20. So these guys are pretty similar, but we know they're not going to get the same type of workload in the same situation, same backfield here. So Miles Sanders moves on to Carolina. But interesting, the Eagles also re-signed Boston Scott. And uh, they actually paid Boston Scott more than Rashad Penny. So keep in mind, got to follow the money a little bit. So Scott is in the mix. You also have Kenneth Gainwell. There also weren't a big throwing to the running back team last year. So that's why Gainwell was a bit disappointing because they didn't throw to him when Sanders wasn't getting the ball. Boston Scott was pretty much a swing backup who could catch passes in very limited capacity when needed, but also fill in for Miles Sanders when he was hurt. So again, only 50 times targeting the backs last year total for the Eagles. So they don't throw the ball a lot. And the reason is you have Jalen Hurts who doesn't need to check down. He can take off and run and produce that way. You also have uh, two good downfield receivers. That's the nature of the offense with Brown and Smith. Dallas Goddard is your short to intermediate guy that you can throw to. So not a lot of dump offs, check downs coming from this offense. So that's not good necessarily for DeAndre Swift. So on top of all this, we're going to worry about the durability issues, right? The Penny can't stay healthy. Swift can't stay healthy. That's why the Lions kind of gave up on him. They liked his skill set and what he could do explosive-wise as a change of pace in the receiving game. Same thing with the Seahawks. They drafted Rashad Penny in the first round. He worked out for a little stretch there, but Chris Carson displaced him, and then they drafted Kenneth Walker here, and now they uh, drafted Zach Charbonnet. So they just want a little bit more durability, so – the Eagles trying to go makeshift here, saying, look, we need to go cheap with this backfield. We need to invest elsewhere. We need to lock up our quarterback. We've got our receivers. We've got our offensive line. We're going to plug and play these backs and go in that direction. So when you look at the style of the Eagles here, this is not a good situation for Swift because you have to compete with Gainwell, where I don't think on the early downs you have as much of a threat with Boston Scott for Penny. So it really comes down to who's healthy here, who these Eagles can trust, but I just don't see DeAndre Swift as a guy that they're going to pound in the way they use Miles Sanders. They'll use him maybe in the passing game more to, because they have Swift and it's not Gainwell there that you could see those targets bump up quite a bit here for the Eagles. But Miles Sanders wasn't a big factor there. So it's going to be maybe a straight split situational. It could be pretty messy, especially if they use Scott and Gainwell with some usage here. So if I had to trust someone based on the way the Eagles offense goes, it's actually Rashad Penny. Because, again, he's kind of the Sanders guy. That's what is vacated here, right? You have options in the pass game there, and Swift might be that change of pace of back here. So I could definitely see a 50-50 situational split for power running and receiving situations, and that could really hurt here. So, again, we'll see how it plays out. That's why both of these guys are ranked uh, pretty low here, just to be careful and Hedging their bets on the borderline of RB2s. We're not sure what we're going to get from them. But I'd say Rashad Penny maybe not getting enough attention here and Swift maybe getting too much, again, maybe because of the big names and how these uh, players were acquired here and uh, based on their values. But it could get pretty messy here, more committee-like, and we've seen that before. And you have a new offensive coordinator, so it's not going to line up necessarily for one guy more than the other. So I think they're going to have viability here with both backs, but I think you look at them more as flex options and trusting anyone 
as a straight up uh, RB2. I think if you're looking at standard leagues, you definitely look at Penny. If you're looking at half point, uh, you might uh, split the difference. They're pretty evil, even here with Penny and Swift. And then you look at full point PPR, you would definitely go in the direction of Swift. So complicated question, but there are answers and there's uh, telltale signs on what the Eagles might do here with their backfield uh, usage in 2023. All right, last question will surround the wide receiver core here as we break down the key questions for the Eagles in 2023 ahead of training camp. Thanks again for making Locked on Fantasy Football the first listen every day. Every day, again, we'll close with the Washington Commanders and we'll turn our page to another division there. Yes, after the NFC East, we'll turn our attention to the NFC North. So very good division there with Detroit and uh, Chicago, Green Bay, and Minnesota. So looking forward to breaking that down from a fantasy perspective starting next week for you on the show. All right, it's time to close Locked on Fantasy Football and look at the key wide receiver question here, and it's on the screen for you if you're watching on YouTube. Brown, Smith, and then who at wide receiver? So A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, big years last year. Let's break it down. Uh, they were... A.J. Brown was wide receiver five overall, wide receiver seven in scoring and half-point PPR. And when you look at it, wide receiver eight is his ranking this year. Last year, Devonta Smith, wide receiver 10 in overall scoring. So both of these guys finished as wide receiver ones in the top 12 for 12-team leagues. Wide receiver 17 in average points per game. This year, he's ranked wide receiver 13. So right, a little bit slipping from where they were last year. And uh, you also have to factor in Dallas Goddard as the key third guy. He finishes tight end 12 overall last year, tight end five when you look at the average points per game because we know he missed time, and tight end six is his ranking. So everything is kind of lining up with where they were last year. Keep in mind, there's only 45 vacated targets. This is fewest in the NFL, so there's not a lot of room, wiggle room here for the numbers. Now, really, you can tie it to two players. Miles Sanders had 26 targets out of the backfield. Zach Paschal had 19 targets. So that's where your vacated targets are. That's it. So you basically are looking for where you can find other value at wide receiver. There is none here because look, you have uh, Quez Watkins. He finished a wide receiver 51 last year. So not even a wide receiver four was production. They also add Olamide Zacchaeus, pretty interesting versatile slot receiver from the Falcons. So Zacchaeus could really replace Pascal here. So he probably eats up those targets. We looked at DeAndre Swift. He should uh, get those Sanders targets here. Not a lot left. So Watkins should probably go down here and maybe a few throws to Penny when you look at it and a bump up for Brown, Smith, and Goddard in their usage as well here. And uh, really, there's not much else that we can look at at wide receiver. So let's uh, focus on Brown and Smith. I think they can duplicate these numbers. I mean, it is a nice system where you have – Two receivers dominating. You don't have to worry about a slot guy eating up the work too much. And Zacchaeus, I think, cuts in a little bit to Watkins. So these guys are going to operate as the one-two punch and be pretty close. I would not be surprised if Smith outscores Brown or they're very close in their production this year because it wasn't too far off last year, right? Wide receiver five and wide receiver ten. Dallas Goddard should also be a bigger factor should he be healthy and uh, not miss time. So that's why he's in the tight end six. So it really isn't a lot of room. This is a run-heavy team that has a lot of running success and can put in uh, touchdowns with Hurts and their backs here. So not much to see here. So keep that in mind. A lot of things status quo with the Eagles, despite the offensive coordinator change out of necessity. Everything is looking pretty good here for what we knew in the past game with Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, and Dallas Goddard. The running game 
is where we need to figure things out most. But again, run heavy team still with Hertz being a big part of that. And also uh, not much at receiver beyond what you have with those guys. So there you have it. There's a breakdown of the Philadelphia Eagles here uh, and their key questions. We will close the week with Washington, Washington commanders on our final show of the week on Friday. Thanks for making locked on fantasy football. Your first listen every day, every day is again, uh, Thank you for joining us with our latest series here, breaking down the key questions for all 32 teams. We're off and running three deep. we got uh, 29 more to go, and we'll get to all of them before training camp. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and we'll check you out Friday with a look at the Washington Commanders.